God's best for you is to pursue a relationship with someone who shares your beliefs and values in in the most ways possible, mm -hmm. especially on the issue of following Jesus, because if following Jesus impacts your money, your parenting, your life goals, your time, your everything, then you can't ignore that. He's more than a hobby. Hey, welcome back to Real Talk. Thanks for hanging out with us. He's Joe, I'm Brad. He has no idea what we're talking about today. Are you ready? But I'm excited about whatever it is. And I would never react no, you're not. negatively. Every week, no matter no. what, you're no, I'm not, exasperated. I, wait till you see. I'm not gonna be exasperated. You're exasperated. No, I, I can't even, I'm so excited. I can't even wait. Joe, do you think that a Christian should marry a non-Christian? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Were you gonna say yes no matter what exactly. I ask? Yes, and I'm gonna be positive and optimistic about this conversation. <laughs> what a great topic to talk about. Thank you, Brad, for asking me this <laughs> this question. This is fantastic. I didn't expect this kind of <laughs> reception. <laughs> Should a Christian marry a non-Christian? Yeah. Wow. What a great topic. And, and that, that is a... <laughs> <laughs> this is a... The you know wow. what the readers and readers, their viewers, we don't, the, the viewers, are on the edge of their seats <laughs> oh my with gosh. my response of what we're gonna. Do you think that Christians should marry? We'll Christians? expand the question to friendships and things like oh. business partners and stuff too. Oh, ooh, should we do that? Different kinds of partnerships. Yeah, right. Not just the <clears throat> intimate kind. Sure, partnership. Sure. All right. Let's start that level. Yeah. This, is this is so awkward. This is so fake. You're so fake. That's not fake at all. This is completely. You don't want to talk about this at all, Brad. What don't I want to talk about? <laughs> I talk. I, it's like I can't stop talking. Okay, so what's like, right. what, what? Okay, should a Christian marry a non-Christian? Is one of our questions. Let's just start there. Everybody goes to Second Corinthians six, mm -hmm. right? Do not be unequally yoked. <laughs> Usually what, what says, when I, I got down on one knee and I said to my wife, would you yoke me? <laughs> would you... <laughs> it's usually the time. Wait dear. Wait, dear. I would I would like to yoke with you, please. Can we let's yoke up together? Hey, listen, everybody. You better be careful, son. Don't yoke up with that woman. Be careful. She's she's something. There's women around the country that know that I have three sons and they're going, Don't yoke with that family. Don't yoke. Do you want to know how to yoke with those boys? Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is it not what you expected? That's exactly what I expected. What's the text again? <clears throat> Second Corinthians six. Do not be yoked together with an unbeliever. And what's the Do you know where it comes from? What's the context? Deuter of, it's a quote from Deuteronomy twenty two. Okay. That and says what's the context of Deuteronomy. It says you should not yoke together an ox and an ass. <laughs> That sounds like a good picture of my what marriage. <laughs> <laughs> one's an ox and one's an ass. You shouldn't yoke. So, but is so that is in the Levitical code, right? That's in the yeah. law section. Yeah. yeah. Of something. So something it going was on. It's a known sort of. It's a known law. It's a known statement mm -hmm. that Jewish people were aware of, that they lived by. 
And what and would be the Paul reason that somebody no, forward? Oh, no, you want to go be, back? What would be the reason why they would oh, do that? The reason they shouldn't do that yes. is because an ox and a donkey, one is clean and one is unclean. Oh, that's they why they shouldn't be together because. What so they're not actually talk corrupts. So what is even clean. in the original moment, it's not actually about like, it's agriculture. It is, but God is using it as an illustration. So it's what both. would be the what would be the purpose of not putting an ox and an ass together in a yoke? Well, it wouldn't make a lot of sense, would it? Why? Because one's stronger and yeah. Faster are they and... going to have the same pace and stuff? They're just doing a circles. Oh, so it has a real agricultural purpose, and then it's a. God's taking it as a... It's an illustration also. It's an analogy also. That's cool. So Paul grabs that, brings it forward, and he's talking to the church in Corinth, which is super screwed up, especially as it relates to relationships and marriage especially, right? All kinds of weird stuff. And he says, do not be unequally yoked with a non-believer, with an unbeliever. What a great statement. That's really powerful. It's cool. So let's, let's let's pull at that for just for a minute. Like, why not? Maybe. Different pace. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Kind of, right? So mm-hmm. maybe we could answer why not from probably what Paul's saying, but probably from our own experience mm-hmm. and talking with people and people in our family. Mm-hmm. Why is it a big deal for a Christian to be in a relationship, in a marriage with a non believer? <clears throat> wow. There's so many levels and just, just ways I could process this. It's interesting. Well, I think there's some really deep stuff, and there's just some really surface stuff, too. Yeah. So I'm going to go probably deep and wide. Great. We could sing a song. Um, I mean, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, yeah, it's like you're not just calling yourself a Christian by name only. You don't right. just do church. You don't just do religion. Like, oh, Jesus has rescued me from my sin, and now he's the Lord of my life. He's my everything. How could you say someone is your everything and be married to someone who says Jesus is nothing mm-hmm. or is either sees Jesus as needless or unimportant mm-hmm. or is anti-Jesus mm-hmm. or it's like, I don't, I don't understand how you could do that at yeah. a very, I don't know, strong level. Like, yeah, that's Jesus, a pretty soulful, deep kind of level. Is yeah. Jesus the Lord mm-hmm. of your life? Mm-hmm. Then to marry someone who doesn't think he is Lord? Yeah. That's that's a, a different pace. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought about it from this standpoint. Um, my so my wife loves Jesus more than she loves me. Understandably, wise woman. Yes, for lots is. of reasons. Yes. I've more given her plenty could, of reasons. <laughs> more than we more than we shall talk about today. But really, if I didn't love Jesus, honestly, I would be like, how? How do I deal with you love someone more than you love me? Oh. You love oh. a man more than, another yeah, yeah. man more than you love me? Wow. Because I know the Lord, I'm like, yes. So Jesus is your wife's real husband. Oh, boy. No, exactly. It's like, my goodness, if you had to divide your loyalties that way, and if right. she or our spouses didn't understand that that's actually not a divided loyalty, it's just a set of priorities that makes yeah. actually makes your marriage stronger. stronger. Oh, yeah. And your relationship stronger where you realize, wait, I worship and follow Jesus, and because I worship and follow Jesus, it makes me a better husband. It makes me a better father. It allows me to get into that relationship with my spouse in a stronger way and bring my full self and be guided by the Spirit outside of my feelings right? by something that's greater than my marriage, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like that's a whole – that's kind of a cool conversation that would be separate. But, 
yeah, I just don't understand why you would, if Jesus is your everything, right? and if he is the one that's the master of our lives, I don't, I don't know how someone could say, well, I'm going to look the other way right. and marry someone that doesn't care about Jesus. Right. But practically... Which people do all the time, yeah. by the way. And practically, I think sometimes what happens is like, well, my husband or my, my boyfriend and oh. my girlfriend, they're not like ant. They're, they're they fine. They believe in God. Yeah, they believe in God. And they're, fine. Yeah. they're kind of fine with me pursuing almost right. as if they see in their future spouse, like, well, I have my hobbies and you have your hobbies. Isn't Jesus just another hobby? And right. if Jesus is my hobby and not your hobby, what's the big deal? You know, there's one part of our lives that we're not going to be on the same page with. Yeah. That's not a big deal. But you and I have both seen like, oh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, yeah. 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 So I'm sure that's a part of what Paul's getting at. It's like it actually sets you up for a, either a season or a lifetime of problems mm-hmm. as a well, couple. Be, yeah, because we've seen people... Um, try and, as a couple, talk about goals in the future. Well, if you have a completely different worldview, how do you even establish, like, what are the values and goals of our family? What's the future we want to build when we think about kids? Oh, my goodness. And, and I, I wonder, I mean, I, I wonder if the person that is wondering, thinking about this, if they see Jesus as a hobby, mm-hmm. then it's easier to make some of these leaps. Sure. Like, if Jesus is kind of what you do on the weekends. Yeah. It's kind of what you've always done. It's like a tradition, but it's not your everything, and you're not obeying him with your money and your resources and your decision-making, your priorities. Well, then I guess, yeah, you can kind of have different hobbies. That makes it complex, though, when you're raising kids. Yeah. And prioritizing money and time. Yeah. And I wonder wonder if Paul is, is... you know, he's talking about believer and unbeliever, but something that you said actually is really interesting. Even um, how how serious a person is about their faith, trying to find someone who's like-minded to mm-hmm. them. Because to your point, even if you have somebody who is, okay, they've given their life to Jesus. He's their savior, but he's not really their Lord, right? He's not, he's not commanding every mm-hmm. aspect of their life. But then you have somebody who is really serious about Jesus. Yes, they, they both cross the line of faith. They're both Christians, but they're going to be very different mm-hmm. and have different sort of sets of ideals and goals. Mm-hmm. And so even unequally yoked can be, yes, it's believer and unbeliever, but I even wonder for the believer, finding somebody who's as serious as you are Interesting. about your journey with Jesus, if that's yeah. part of it. Yeah, I mean, when, when someone dates... Are they dating someone that's making, becoming the best or helping them become the best version of themselves Mm -hmm. or staying neutral or going backwards, Mm -hmm. right? So if we were going to have a conversation about how to sort of shop for a spouse, are you shopping for the, someone who's going to help you make, make you the best version or the neutral version or the least version? And if you're a follower of Jesus, you want to probably yoke up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yoke up with somebody that's going to help you become the best version of yourself, yeah. not be an obstacle or a hindrance or a neutral. I, but I think the part of it that that is hard is measuring where someone is spiritually is one of the most complex, if oh, not right. impossible thing to do. Sure. Right? So some people are hearing all of this and they're going, oh my gosh, I should break up with my boyfriend or my girlfriend because I'm unequally yoked, or you know, they're not as serious as I am about my faith. It, it's not as simple as that. It's not as no, black and white as that. But there's indicators. Prince, yes, indicators that you should be looking for. And 
asking the Lord to guide you into that and at least having the honest, like if right now there was somebody watching this and thinking, wow, I think I might be unequally yoked with my girlfriend or my boyfriend, you should think about that. Like, right. dig at that right. and talk to people and ask your pastor or your small group leader about what they think, right? It isn't just necessarily like, go break up. Right. That's not the answer, but it isn't just plow forward and ignore it. It's like whenever that rises up inside you where you get a little bit nervous because somebody touches <clears throat> on something that might question something in your relationship, instead of being afraid of that as a person walk towards that. Mm -hmm. Ask for help. Ask the Lord to guide you. Ask a mentor for some advice. Don't just hit the eject button because you're like, well, Brad just told me I was yoked up with someone I shouldn't be. Like, or, you know, yeah. it's not that black and white. Okay. So probably some people watching who are in a situation where mm -hmm. they're already oh. uh, unequally yoked, yep. right? Let's, let's come back to that. I want to talk about that, but let's push into this for a second and talk about friendships and um, does what Paul says apply to friendships about not being uh, yoked together with unbelievers? And maybe you could apply like business partnerships. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do we draw lines where we're not, I mean, Jesus was called a friend of sinners, mm -hmm. right? And so we don't want to become this sort of clandestine culture that it's like mm -hmm. all kind of hunkered down. And yet we acknowledge that there is something different between believers and unbelievers mm -hmm. that plays a role in our relationships, right? Yeah, so like cool. I think of the word, I think of boundaries. Boundaries is something that comes to mind. Like I can be sort of friendly or acquaintance with a lot of people. I'm probably not going to be really, really tight friends with an, an unbeliever because that person is not being led by the same spirit of God that I'm being led by. Mm -hmm. So I would wonder, how do I deal with really private information? Do I share that? Mm -hmm. can, I, can I trust them? Mm -hmm. Because things like faithfulness and goodness and kindness, mm -hmm. those are from the Spirit of God. Yeah. Those are not things that we are capable of as people. And I know, like, I'm kind of, that may sound harsh, but it's like you're trying to be wise about mm -hmm. friendships. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's good to think through this and process. How do you look at relationships? And how do, where do you invest time and energy? So some of it I would probably put in the category of an investment. When you're going to make an investment into something or someone, you want to know what you're making an investment in and be wise about that. Be a good steward of your time and energy and your relationships and your, you know, information and confidence and what people, what you share with people. So I, I think what Paul says, too, that's helpful is it's just sort of maybe it's not helpful. I think it's helpful. Just putting on the table that bad company corrupts good morals. Yeah. Right? So it's like that said in the Old and the New Testament yep. that there is something about the company that I keep that impacts me. And so if, if I hang with people that have a totally different set of values, it is possible that I will influence them to the positive, but it is also very likely that they're going to influence me for the negative. So how does that weigh into this well, conversation yeah. that no matter what type of relationship, if someone has a set of bad values or sinful values or evil practices, your good practices aren't going to necessarily be uninformed or untainted by that, mm -hmm. right? One bad apple. I mean, like there's something silly about that, but, but it's something is serious about, true about it. it. Uh -huh. That's true about it. One, one step I'll take maybe back from this, because I always have to step back, um, I, 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 this probably has nothing to do with it. an interesting tributary. Maybe they'll just delete this out. But 
when Paul would go into a town in Acts, he would typically find his greatest audience among God-fearing people. Yeah. So what, what would it be like? There's a difference between someone who's a pagan, who, like, pagan meaning like almost like F.U. God. Yeah. Like totally yes. anti-God, okay. completely right. wants nothing to do with God. Okay. That's different than the kind of person who's sort of neutral. Yeah, I don't really care. Which is different than someone who's like, no, I, I don't know God. I don't have a relationship with God, but there's something inside me that fears God. There's something inside me that knows there is a God, that knows there's some sort of higher moral compass, moral authority. I have this cool relationship with a guy who is not a Christ follower, but I would trust him more than a lot of Christ followers because he's a God-fearing person. He doesn't know the name of Jesus yet, but there's something inside him that is morally drawn to a creator. And I think Paul would walk into his house and go, this, this guy's a God-fearing person. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it does change the relational dynamics that I have with him, which is different than someone who's sort of neutral or someone who's anti-God. Mm-hmm. But There's you might difference. still have some boundaries with that person, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I probably, like this specific situation, I would probably go into a business partnership with this guy where I could see because, and I've known him hmm. for 15 years, mm-hmm. it's like, an absolute moral compass that comes from his family line has been Christ followers. He He's walked away from it and never actually never been a part of it, but he's grown up in it. And the way he frames and sees the world, he fears God. And so I could see like, hmm. there's ways I could see partnering with him in different things. And there's things we've done together as couples and leaders in the community that our partnership is great. Would I would I have the same like there's some Christians I wouldn't go into partnership with that we have the same Christian <laughs> values, but it's like that dude's shady, right? It's like I, I don't know. So it's not as carte blanche or sort of cut and dry as all or every. Okay. Uh, I think I think the principle of being wise with boundaries and bad company does corrupt good morals. Cause is there is there no place for missionary dating? <laughs> there is no place for missionary dating. Are you saying that seriously? I'm saying that. I think there is. You do? That there's that a place that's for... the purpose that you would date someone to bring them to Jesus? Well, I mean, if I'm following the Great Commission at its highest level, isn't everything I do to advance the kingdom of God? And yes. Is it possible? Yes, but entering into a relationship with the potential of marriage and sort of secretly underneath as I'm evangelizing. What happens if I'm not secretly underneath? I guess underneath? if you're just if I'm super just straight out and straight out, like I'm, yeah, but you're still like giving your heart to someone in an well, intimate way. You it's you haven't about given boundaries. Yeah, but isn't there like this is great? Like <laughs> let's have a let's arm us. <laughs> I mean, is it is it possible that you know someone could be? And again, I'm I'm throwing a I'm throwing a curveball in that there are people that are God fearing people that just don't have yeah I think they don't have the names they don't have the understanding and because of that you find yourself drawn to them and in a relationship with them and maybe yeah. almost haphazardly it's like oh my gosh this person I I'm falling in love with them I'm not saying this is what I like I don't, don't want to set my sons you. and sons up and go you, like this is how you should do things I. I hear some of what you're saying. I still think there's a distinction that Paul is making that a person is either led by the spirit or they're led by the flesh. There's not an in-between. 
Really? Well, you can have the Spirit of God in you and choose to be led by the flesh, but you still have the Spirit of God inside of you to lead you. If you're not a Christ follower, you don't. So what about the what about the Christ you're follower? Sort of, that you're is sort of implying that a person is, well, they're kind of a good person. It's like, no, actually the Bible says there's no such thing. Yes, but isn't there also a completely, is the completely backslidden Christian who is carnal, Paul will call them carnal Christian, is that person like safe to date? I would say that's more dangerous. Sure. So it's not well, like I could just I say don't know if because say more or less, but I would say agree. That person is not safe. That's not that's not a good relationship to to be in, in either because the person that knows what's right and has tasted the fruit and like you know has experienced the spirit of God and then walked away from it and lived in a way that's mm-hmm. against it, mm-hmm. that's makes me nervous too. So I guess part of what I'm pushing on and we're this is good arm wrestle. Is like I just don't think because someone raises their hand and says they're a Christ follower that that necessarily is a good reason to date them either. Oh no, no I, I'm or with to you get on married that. either. I'm like, with you that's on not that. necessarily safe either, mm-hmm. right? So what does it mean? How does this happen? I would not be encouraging people out there to just go missionary date as a goal. Just go yoke anyone. You do not want to just start yoking people. It doesn't work that way. But I guess I just have categories like for that. If this isn't just cut and dry, that it's like, here's the way it happened. Most people's journey to faith is not an event. All right, well, let's leave that there for a second and just go to, and because we, we can keep talking about wisdom and things, but let's go to, the Bible does actually address people who are in a relationship oh. with, if mm-hmm. they're a believer and they're in a relationship with an unbeliever, mm-hmm. what to do. And it's actually pretty simple. Stay. Stay. Pray yeah. for that person, right? And, and I think if you're already in a business relationship or a friendship, like you could apply it there, not just to marriage, mm-hmm. like Paul is, is applying. I think you could apply it to lots of relationships. Like stay, pray for that person, mm-hmm. try and lead that person yeah. towards Christ. So is that the place? That's missionary. You can be missionaries as, as what? Like, is, is that the situation where someone comes to know Christ while they're married to an unbeliever? Yeah. Right? Or they're, they're in a partnership right now or a friendship right now and they come to know Christ. What do they do? Just cut ties? Like, no. Paul's right. like, no, stay and be a witness. And God knows the circumstances that you've been in, and he's going to use you in that circumstance. Is that person going to come to Christ? Not necessarily, Maybe but we not. have yeah. seen that happen. Yeah. For sure. I, Yeah, he is talking to people who are already married. One comes to the Lord, and the other one mm-hmm. is not yet. That's what he's talking about. I just think, I mean, it's not like, I get it. It's not black and white. I've seen people, though, who are Christ followers marry unbelievers with the idea that, oh, they, 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 don't, they like God, they believe in God, and somehow I'm going to work in their life, and I'm going to... The Spirit's going to... It's like, I'm going to convert them. God's going to work through me. It's like, it ends up bad. So I guess, just going back, it's like, don't hope to your evangelism dating thing. You can't hope that that person, like, I'm going to marry them and hope that they come to God's Jesus. God's going like, to use it's me. It's not good. I've seen people hurt bad. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. That's it's absolutely not the that's not the sort of script that we should be following. I think the people out there that are in this situation right now that are listening and they're sort of in the market for a spouse. How, how do you find someone and pray that God gives you someone who makes you the best version of yourself, and not sort of slide to the least common denominator or some neutral territory? Like no. So God has good things. And I think God never tells us to do something where he doesn't also want to provide for us the answer. 
and the opportunity, right? So it's like there's people listening right now to this that are struggling because maybe they have fallen in love with someone who's not a Christ follower. Sure, and like what do I do? And what do I do? And it's like, okay, first and foremost, don't ignore this conversation. Don't just tune out. Don't just throw the Bible away. Don't say, put your head in the sand and think it's just going to change because you're afraid. It's like, no, you lean into. If something rises up, you lean into that and figure it out and invite God into that and invite other people into that to give you advice and perspective to help you, right? So if that person's out there, I certainly wouldn't think that's the script. It's like right now there's a person right now who's just going, now, I'm thinking about dating. Let me process the best way to do it. Right At that very blank slate, I'm going to start my dating relationship. What would you tell your sons and daughters about this topic? If you were raising your right. kids, you how say, would you teach You them? wouldn't say aim for evangelism da- evangelism no. dating. You'd say find somebody who loves the yeah. Lord, of you, course. Yeah, but it's say, not that. Most people aren't a clean slate, so it's not that It's not that simple. No, but I think we started the clean slate, and we say this is what God's best is for you. Yeah. God's best for you is to pursue a relationship with someone who shares your beliefs and values in, in the most ways possible, mm-hmm. especially on the issue of following Jesus, because if following Jesus impacts your money, your parenting, your life goals, your time, your everything, then you can't ignore that. He's more than a hobby. If you're in the situation where you're already sort of down the road, mm-hmm. invite God into that. Mm-hmm. Invite him into the conversation of what does this mean and what should I do? And if you obey the Lord, and if like right now there's somebody watching that has to maybe make a hard decision and break up because they're unequally yoked, God's going to guide you in that. Mm-hmm. God's going to give you courage. God's going to provide you with peace. Don't do that by yourself. Get your support system around you. Tell them I'm making a difficult decision to obey God mm-hmm. and trust that God's got good things planned for you when you obey him. Does that mean he's going to give you a spouse that loves Jesus? That's not what the promise is. But when you obey God, he blesses and honors you, right? So there's a person out there that's watching that might have to make that hard decision. God's going to honor your obedience to him. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you next time. <laughs> 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 <laughs>